Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, man. Right on, right on. Check this out, man. It has been crazy. It has been continually crazy. 2020, this nuts, man, but we continue to say what? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Check it out. It had been crazy, man, but you know what? You all have been, as if, as if have been making stuff happen, all right? You have been making it easier all year long. No matter what has been going on, man, you've still been at it, making it easier for people to know Jesus and leading people into a growing relationship with Christ. But check this out, y'all. There's still more stories that we need to invite. There are still more people we need to bring to the table, man, all right, and to recognize that, that, that they can, that to help them know that they can know Jesus, all right? And we're going to do this through all kinds of different ways. I'm going to show you real quickly here a video where, of some things that we've done this year through our recenter that you've helped us do that have been amazing. But right now, it's the time, we're showing you all this because it's the time for our annual Christmas gift. It's that time of year where we're going to give above and beyond what we normally give. And if you're saying, well, I don't ever give anything, well, then if you give something, it'll be above and beyond what you normally give. Amen? All right, so give something, all right? And so I want to show you a quick video of stuff that you guys got done last year through your giving and through your serving. And then in that video, there's a, there's a, there's a quick interview about where the money uh, that we're going to raise this year is going to go. Check it out. Wow, praise the Lord, that was pretty cool. All kinds of really cool stuff happening from and through our recenter. Stuff that we know that God was leading us to get done this year, 2020, and it's been amazing. All the crazy stuff that's been going on in the world and that awesome stuff happening from the recenter. But it, I, we missed something this year, right, Pam? Right, we did, we missed Mamas. We missed Mamas, and what is Mamas program? Mamas is single mothers in Arizona moving ahead, and it's a mentorship program designed to bring single mothers from poverty to prosperity through wraparound resources. And so what happened? Why did we miss that? Um, funding. So we had a grant out for the Mamas program, and due to COVID-19, that money was reallocated to another area. And, but, 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 so money got reallocated. Did they reallocate the moms for us? Moms are all still here. They're still here. They're still okay. here. <laughs> so, so let me go to you, Molly. Uh, you're, you're our uh, out of poverty coordinator from the recenter and great work by the way. Um, and you've been doing a lot of research in this area, yes. right? So are there really that many moms here in the community that are single moms in poverty? There are. So currently there are just under 7,000 moms kids through the program for a year and that comes out to about 50 curriculum hours 50 curriculum hours that's 50 hours invested mentoring and, and everything else mm -hmm. involved in this person's life and so what is our goal here what are we shooting for so we're trying to help 10 moms each year for the next three years so that's a total of 30 moms wow okay and give me a dollar amount what are we asking for 
So in total, it comes out to $138,366. That's an ask. That's our big ask this year. We're asking a lot this year from you guys, but it's going to do a lot of work. And that is pretty amazing. All right. And, uh, you know, I believe, you know, I'm well, you know, I believe that every one of us know, all right, uh, somebody, a mom, a single mom, we have somebody in our neighborhood, somebody in our family, uh, many in our church that are just barely making it. And if that, if making it at all at times, and maybe you have given a little bit here and there. Maybe you have helped them get ahead just a little bit and you wish you can do more. You know more is necessary, but you just don't have the time. And we're talking 50 curriculum hours, 50 hands-on hours of helping them understand how to get out of poverty and stay out of poverty. Is that right? Correct, yes. All right. And so uh, this is a great opportunity. And I love what Devin says, Devin Dillinger, who works at our recenter. He, he said that not only, he goes, you got to think about it like this. Not only are you investing in, in this mom and her kids, which is huge, all right? But you're also investing in our community. 7,000 moms in this predicament. That is a lot. All right, just to get one out of that is an amazing thing. We're trying to get 30 over the next three years, which is awesome. But not only are you investing in our community, you're also investing in the kingdom of God. Because we're talking about women who have a pretty awesome relationship with God, mentoring and wrapping around these ladies, you know, kind of helping them get out of this and creating a Jesus culture in their lives that does not demand a Jesus response. This is a big deal. I want to thank you girls for all the work you've been doing. Uh, Pam is our recenter, a superhero. Forgot to mention that. All right. And so, um, you know, pray, ask God, how would he have you give this year? All right. Into the annual Christmas gift. And now you know where it's going. Now the question is, what are you going to do about it? Thank you guys. Jesus loves you and so do we. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. What are you going to do about it? right? What can you do about it? Already start praying, all right? And so what, what we want to challenge you to do, if you, you know, how, how, do I, how do I give to this? Again, above and beyond what you normally give, all right, to support the work of the church and to kind of help it see, see its way forward, all right? You just, on your envelope, if you're going to give uh, in the boxes back there, on your envelope, put annual Christmas gift. Go to our church app. As soon as you open up the app, on that front page, you'll see a little ribbon that says Christmas gift. Hit that. Go to our website. TCAZ.us, the church Arizona.us, not us, man. All right. And then on the on the front page, you'll see down there in the bottom, boom, annual Christmas gift. All right. So you, you really don't need to pray about that. All right. You just need to just handle it. All right. So and it's and it's pretty awesome because the 50 curriculum hours are the curriculum hours. They don't mention that doesn't count. I mean, there's so many more hours they're going to be put into on a personal investment of mentoring these women who are meeting with them once a week or a couple of times a week. It's an amazing thing, and I think we need to be about it. Praise the Lord. Amen? Come on, man. Give it up, man. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> it's all right, man. We're actually doing facial and retinal scans on all of you right now, and we have your bank accounts anyways, and we're just going to tap in. We'll make it happen. Praise the Lord. All right, so check this out, man. All right, let's just pray. Father, we just give you the praise. Lord God, we give you the honor. 
And we thank you, Lord, for giving us vision, all right, that is beyond the walls of this building right here. Vision that reaches out and into the lives, maybe lives that are not even here yet, probably a lot of lives that are not even here yet. For your glory, Lord God, to help, to let these know, let these women know and their children know that they are not forgotten and that their story matters and the stories of their kids matter. And we want to help them recognize the truth of that in Jesus' mighty name. Guide us through your word. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So check this out. All right, here we are. We're, we're in First Peter, all right, chapter 4. We're going through our series, Faith, uh, Faith for Exiles. First uh, Peter chapter 4, we're beginning in verse 7. If you kind of want to open up your app, open up your Bible, or check it out on the screen, it'll be right there. And I'm going to read through the area of Scripture that we're going to be in today, and then we're going to check it all out. All right, y'all ready? Oh, I got four people that are ready. All right, four of us, we're going we're gonna to do this, amen? All right, come on, man. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right, praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 begins with this. The end of all things is at hand. Well, there's some good news. All right, so let's, go, let's keep going. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another. Say one another. All right. Earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another. Say one another. Yeah, you're going to get tired of that. Watch. All right. Without grumbling, as each has received a gift, use it to serve. Right on. All right. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God provides, our supplies, in order that in everything, in everything, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, man. There is a bigger story going on. It's what we've been talking about the past couple weeks. There is a bigger story going on, man. And you, you are a part of the story. You're a part of the bigger story, right? It's his story through the church. That is the hope of the world. That is the hope of the planet. God's, you know, redemptive story through Jesus Christ in and through the church in this planet, all right, is the hope of the planet. Each of our parts makes the story more complete. Your part, your part, your part, your part. Each of our parts being involved in the story makes the story more complete, Right? When your part is missing, a part of the story is missing, man. Do you understand? I can prove it. Look what he says right here in 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's go back a few weeks and check this out. He says, you yourselves are like living stones, are like living stones. Again, allergies. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. You, we're going to get this little box for me to preach in. Hi. <laughs> Never mind. You yourselves are like living stones. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices, acceptable God to God through Jesus Christ. You yourselves are living stones. Remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago. All right, the question is is your stone missing from the building? Is your story missing, all right, from the greater story? Is your part missing? 
all right? You see, this right here, this is, this is a story we're telling, right? And I want to tell a good story. I want to tell, look, remember we asked you last week, what story do you want to tell? I want to tell stories to my grandkids. I want to tell stories of, of, of faith being worked out in crazy lives, man. I want to tell stories of hope being realized, man, when, when it looked like everything was hopeless. I want to tell stories, all right, of love just sustaining and, and, and just, and just and being exemplified and expressed through the life of the church, man, to people that didn't know that they could be loved. I want to tell those stories, all right? I want to tell the stories to my grandkids and when the world looked like it was in a complete mess, the church, we, you and I, stepped in and changed the world, amen? I want to tell my kids stories that when, when, when people were giving up hope, right? When people were giving up hope, that we, you and I, that we led and inspired them to hope, all right? Inspired them into the next day, all right? That when people were hungry, that we fed them. That when people were cold, that we gave them a coat and we put a roof over their heads. All right. I want to tell these stories of faith, hope, and love that when they didn't know that they could know the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Almighty, our King, our God, our Savior, that we made the introduction. Amen. Amen. I want to tell those stories. And this is the greater stories. But I want to tell them with you. I want to tell them with you. And I want to tell them together. Don't you? He tells us, man, he leads us right back here to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. He says, the end of all things is at hand. All right? <laughs> and, and we look at that, man, and you know, so many people go crazy with just that statement, right? And they pull out their signs, and, and, they, and, they, and they just cast judgment on people that didn't sign up for these convictions, all right? And, they, and, they, and they're out there, and they're just, and they're just hammering people, and, and, and they're making us look like we're just totally fell off the irrelevant truck. All right, but I will remind you, man, the end is always near. If I walked out in front of a garbage truck, the end is near. There it is, right? I'm telling you what, man, I, you, you, I, and I have the opportunity of making it nearer than it isn't, all right, than it, than it is. I ride, a, I ride a motorcycle, right? And um, when you, I, I was pulling out here one day, I'm, I'm pulling out right out here and, you know, and, into the traffic from the school, and uh, I'm at a light. And when the light turns green, what does that mean? It means go, right? If, if, but if you're on a motorcycle, I would challenge you to this. It means hold on a second and wait and see if anybody else is coming, Right, and so the light turned green. I pop. Oh, wait a second. Wait and see if anyone else is coming. Sure enough, here comes this car, just flying whew, right through the light. And as the car went by, the person in it goes, "Hi, Dad." It was one of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> you know, so the end is always near. All right, in that restaurant. But what Peter is actually referring to here. What he's referring to is that, is that, is that through, 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 through history, through God's story, all right, there are certain things that needed to be in place that he said were going to be in place before the end of all things would come. And Peter was actually saying, all that has taken place. The Christ has come, all right? born of a virgin, all right, raised up, taught many, did many miracles, you know, did all kinds of great, but, but ultimately, all right, died on the cross for our sins to pave a way back to Jesus, all right? He died and was buried, and then he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and he sent us his Holy Spirit, 
all right, to empower us, all right, to, to bring hope into this world and to lead others to know Jesus, people who don't know they can know Jesus. He says, that's all been filled, fulfilled. So everything is in place that where God, at any moment, he can wind this whole thing up, man. He can just wind it all up, okay, that's a wrap. And it's going to happen, man. It's just going to, I mean, we, 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 it's going to happen because he said it would happen. And everything else he said would happen already happened. And so, and so he's telling us to be, to be uh, self-controlled and, and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. And I want to ask you, man, do you pray like today could be your last day to pray? Think about that. Are you, are, you, are you even paying attention to the day, right? Because yesterday was a foundational day, right? right? Yesterday was a, was a foundational day. Tomorrow has a lot of implications of being a very, very important day. But today is the most significant time you will ever have. Right now is the most significant time that you will ever live. Right now, this moment is most significant. Yesterday has placed today in front of you. Tomorrow, all right, depends on today. Today is a lot more important than we give it credit for, man. I want to ask you, are you living right now like today really matters? What about your life today is already in motion for making differences for other lives tomorrow? What about your life today is making differences, all right, is making a difference for other lives tomorrow? This is an important thing. And Peter, he gives us some instruction right here. He gives us some instruction. He says, above all, he says, I want you to keep on loving one another earnestly. I mean, you know what? This love one another, all right? One, love one another has been over and over and over throughout the scriptures, constantly being repeated. He says, I want you to keep loving one another like we're already supposed to be doing it. Right? He expects us to already be about it. Why? Because he, because Jesus so loved us, and that he, you know, and he gave us his life, and that he, and that he forgave us from all of our sins. And because of that, Peter is just, just kind of just assuming that we all recognize that. Because great love, all right, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll usher in great love. There was a woman. One time Jesus was hanging out in this, in, this, in this religious dude's house, all right? And all these other religious dudes were there and they're always trying to catch Jesus right up in his words and freeze him up and stuff like that. And, and he's in there and then, and then the scriptures tell us that, that a woman of the city, a sinner, all right, probably from the red light district, all right, came on over. All right, figure it out, okay? <laughs> Doesn't take much, all right? Yeah, came on over. And busted in the house while Jesus was in there chilling with these religious leaders. And the way you would recline at a table, you'd be, I'm not going to, you know I mean? Just imagine there's a table, right? And your feet would be out here. She stopped, man, just started at his feet and just started worshiping him. Worshiping him. Kissing his feet. Crying over his feet so much that a guy's feet got totally wet. And she let down her hair, which was unthinkable, and used it to dry his feet. And these religious dudes are like, Phew. If this guy was who he says he is, was a prophet or anything like that, he would know what kind of woman is touching his feet. And Jesus, knowing exactly what they're thinking about and what they're talking about, says, hey, let me ask you a question, man. And I'll just summarize this story he shares with a guy. He says, look, dude, if, if a guy has a dude that owes him five bucks 
and another guy that owes him 500 bucks, and he tells both the guys, you know what, don't worry about it. Which one is going to be more happy about it? He said, well, the guy who owes him 500 bucks. He says, exactly. He says, when I came into your house, man, you didn't, you didn't greet me with a kiss which is normal, standard tradition. You didn't send your, your servant to wash my feet, man, because it's dirty outside, and that's a, that's a tradition. All right, but, 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 but this woman right here has not ceased to kiss my feet and wash them with her tears and dry them with her hair. Why? Because she knows how much she's been forgiven. Because he who is forgiven much will love much. But he who is forgiven little will love little. And so my question comes right back to what we're talking about when he says, keep loving one another earnestly. And we're like, how does that happen? Did you know, do you, let me ask you, do you know how much you've been forgiven? Do you know how much you've been forgiven? Do you recognize, all right, what you have been saved from and by who and who has saved you and how he did it? Do you recognize how he came to pay a price he didn't know because you owed a debt you could never pay? Did you recognize that? Because every one of us owe the same debt. Some of us have, you know, we've, we've, we've actually lived it out more than we just thought about it. All right? But you know what? This is the same thing. And that should cause us, all right, this deep love for Jesus Christ and a deep love for Jesus Christ we should call a deep love for those he loves and he loves his church. And that's why Peter says to keep loving one another earnestly, all right, this intensely, unfailing, without ceasing, continually growing in that love, continually pursuing that love for one another, continually sacrificing for each other with that love. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you, do you love, all right, like any day can be your last day to love? <laughs> Big question. Do you love, do you love like any day can be the last day you get to love? That's a big deal, man. It's kind of feeling like that right now, you know what I mean? What is up? You even know what kind of love he's talking about. I'm going to put Jesus' love to the test real quick here. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm ready for this. But an author who I really respect wrote a book. All right? And he pointed something out to me. All right? It was pretty awesome. Um, he, was, he, was, he was talking about this kind of Jesus love. He says, the, the, the night before Christ was crucified, look at John chapter 13, verse 34. I'll put it up there. He says, and 35, he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, that you're also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, I want you to think about that. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm working on that. Okay, really quickly, just do me a quick favor, okay? All right, I, I'm, I'm, I want you to think about something. There are a lot of people in this room, all right? Now think about what Jesus did, how he expressed his love for us. Jesus Christ suffered tremendously for you by his love. He was beaten for you through his love. He bled 
and suffered and died of his great love for you. Now, just really quickly, just glance around and just kind of, just glance, please, I'm not going to do any further until you glance around. <laughs> look at some faces right now. Just look at some faces. I'm out of here. All right. Are you looking at faces? Thank you. Look at some faces and ask yourself, would you take a hit for any of these people? For your, because of your great love for them, would you suffer the way Jesus suffered for you? Would you be beaten the way Jesus was beaten for you? Of course, we try to talk our way out of it, but if we couldn't, <laughs> would you suffer? Would you be beaten? Would you allow somebody to nail you to a cross? I know what you think. You're like, man, I'm surrounded by strangers. How am I supposed to do that? Well, strangers, man, need to become brothers and sisters. Because he says, keep loving one another earnestly. He expects that we're already family because we're supposed to be, because God himself made us family. He's made us family. And so the strangers need to become brothers. The strangers need to become sisters. That's why he goes on in the next verse. He says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Show hospitality to one another. You're like, oh, I could have somebody over for dinner. Let me, let, me, let me just kind of open this word hospitality over for you. I don't do this often, but I thought right here it made a really, really good point. The, the Greek word for, for hospitality is, is phylaxinos, all right? And I'll put it up there, phylaxinos. Okay, well, let's use that in a sentence today, all right? Uh, well, we are, anyway. So it's uh, phylaxinos, okay? And you're like, big deal. What does that even mean? It means nothing to me. Well, it's getting ready to because phylaxinos is actually two words put together, all right? It's actually two words. Look at it. It's phylaxinos, all right? It has two words. There's philo and there's xenos, all right? Now check this out. Philo, checks what philo means. Philo actually means this, this, it has this, this idea of brotherly love. This idea of brotherly love, all right? This, this, this affection. And just seeing, this literally seeing others as equal. Nobody below, nobody above, but equal. Brotherly love. That's philo. And xenos, xenos it really, it means the stranger. It means the other. It even means the foreigner. So when you put philo with, with xenos and you put this word together, philoxenos, didn't know you are going to have a Greek lesson today, right? Philoxenos is how the Greek used to put their language together. You come up with this word hospitality, which literally means a love that views someone as an equal and is directed towards the other, the stranger and the foreigner. There are, there are others here. There are strangers here. There are foreigners here, all right, to you and to your life, all right? And he's saying that, he's saying, show hospitality, philoxenos, this, this love that views others as equal and is directed to the other, that is directed to the stranger and is directed to the foreigner. This is one of, the hospitality is one of the spiritual gifts, but actually here it is commanded. You see, for a long time, Debbie and I were the other, we just were. 
We were the other. I remember we're, we're in a church in, in, in Tucson, our very first church. First year there, we're hanging out, right? Hanging out, and I got a beanie on, right? And one of the guys that were there, there was the pastor and another dude, another brother from, you know, and, 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 uh, and he was like, and, and he goes, hey, you know what? Where I come from, you know what? We, we call those sock toboggans. Sock toboggans. That thing you got on your head, it's called a sock toboggan. I'm like, all right. And then the, he, goes, he goes to the pastor, he goes, what do you guys call them? He goes, well, we just call them beanies. He goes, well, what do you call them where you're from? I go, from where I'm from, we're calling them a disguise. All right, we just kind of pull it over, cut the eyes out. All right, it's just, you know, <laughs> for, a long t- for a long time, for a long time, right, we were the other, Debbie and I. All right, but the church brought us close until we were no longer the other. They continued to show hospitality, philoxenos, this love for the other, this, this seeing the other as an equal and no longer a stranger. And no longer were we the other, but we became the church reaching others. And I know, man, before the church, man, a lot of you were strangers, right? And many of you still are. I moved up to this town not knowing anyone. Well, I knew one guy. And then I knew another guy. And then I knew another couple, another family. And now I know all you guys. It's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> you know, over, over the 25 years that Debbie and I have been serving in the church and involved in the church. We've been involved in community and what you might call community groups, small groups, home fellowships, whatever the case you, whatever, you know, you want to, whatever you want to call them, right? And we have, we have recognized the necessity of sharing lives with others. The necessity of understanding that there's a life going on on the other side of that face. There's a family all right, there's children, there's, 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 there's friends, there's work, and there's stuff going on, all right, that, 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 that they're trying to just kind of like wrap up, and it's just hard a lot of times, and we need others involved in this. And it doesn't happen overnight. Maybe you say, well, I've tried the whole group thing. I don't think there's a such thing as trying the whole group thing. Either you're going to proceed to become family, or you're going to avoid it. Either you're going to draw people into your family, or you're going to keep them back. See, because I'm instinctified, and I shared a little bit of that last week, when you come to my front door, there's a bit of resistance. Because I'm like, all right, what are you doing here? Right? <laughs> it's, it's just instinctified. It's not the right thing to do, all right? But at my front door, you might find resistance. But if you come and spend one day in my living room, well, you might find some friendship. But if you, find, if you spend a year in my living room, and in my kitchen, and I get to go and spend a year in your living room, your kitchen, well, then we become family, right? We start to build family. And it, we actually realize that maybe the other doesn't have to be another, or the stranger doesn't have to be a stranger. Maybe we can continue to love one another. But he says to do this without grumbling. And this is crazy because if you look at the dudes that Jesus would hang out with, all right, none of it, none of those associations make sense in person or even on paper. All right, I mean, he's hanging out with, with Mr. Foot in his mouth, Peter, who wrote this, all right? Ready, fire, aim, Peter, all right? Uh, you know what I mean? There's a boat, he's swimming. I, you know, I mean, there's, it's crazy. He's cutting dudes' ears off. It's just insane. But that was his boy, all right? He's hanging out with two dudes, two brothers. They called, them, they called the sons of thunder because they kept trying to get Jesus to just drop lightning on these guys. Just hit him with lightning. Hit that guy with lightning. They'll learn, all right? 
He hung out with a, a, a litter, a, a political, all right, you know, troublemaker, all right. Basically, we would probably look at it today as a troublemaker. He was, he was a zealot, uh, uh, Simon. He hung out with uh, another dude who was ripping his own people off through taxes. I mean, the list goes on of these guys that he was just chilling with that made no sense, but yet these were the, the people that he called friends, that he called friends. He wasn't looking for people to be exactly like him, all right, or to be exactly like one another. He wanted to show how amazing God can make, how amazingly God can make his family, how he can connect us if we would love one another earnestly and if we would show this philoxenos, this, 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 this hospitality and do it without grumbling. After three years, man, these were his buddies, these were his friends. He said, I call you, no longer I call you servant, I call you friends. Jesus told him that. People who were nothing like Jesus liked to hang out with Jesus. And that was awesome. And he goes on, he says, now, now, pursue this earnest love. Pursue hospitality. And then in that, he says, as each of you have received a gift, I want you to use it to serve one another. Serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. He's saying, man, if you have received Christ, you have received a gift. And we haven't talked about this uh, for a while lately. Maybe we need to, um, of what that means. But basically, we've been spiritually gifted. We've been heavenly gifted. We've been Holy Spirit empowered to do stuff that probably is a lot like your personality already is, but to do it on a, a much more hardcore by the strength and power of God level. And it's pretty amazing. Some of these gifts, there's like so many gifts throughout the scriptures. There's three different areas that you can find a lot of gifts. But, but we have to remember that they're not, when we look at somebody expressing their gift to speak, you know, because we're going to talk about that. It's not so much that you have to get on stage and speak. It's just you have a gift to speak and talk to people, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in front of a crowd, or, or whether it's in front of a video camera, or whether it's in, on paper. You have this gift. And so it doesn't have to look like everybody else's gift, but he says, look at as each of you have received a gift, you need to use it to serve one another. You need to put it to work. Each of us are to serve each of us. That's the gift that keeps on giving, amen? <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving, all right? <laughs> He's, he said, whoever speaks, speak as one who speaks, uh, as, as one who speaks the oracles of God. Oh, when you, when, 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 when you, and there's all kinds of speaking gifts. Like I just shared a few. But as you speak, speak. Allow God to speak through you. There's a lot of times that um, I, I you know every, a lot of times every dang week that I preach, I get I get I get freaked out. Because I, I want to do that. And I don't want to just rely on things like, you know, stuff that I can come up with and stuff like that. And, and so it's really, really important just, to just, just to, to just humble yourself before the Lord and allow him to just lead the way. And, and, and ask him, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to say it? And I'm telling you, you're going to go in and you're going to have a talk with your kid. 
I got to go talk with my kid. There's this thing, and we need, really need to talk about this. How can you talk to your kid like this? It changes the whole idea, right? We're like, oh, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a pastor. You may be a mom. You might be a dad. You might work and have employees that you need to work with. You might have friendships that you need to, to, to have like these good conversations. How can, you, how can you speak as one who speaks oracles of God? I mean, this is a big deal. It's way bigger than it looks. It's in every area of life. He's talking about life. He's not just talking about, hey, when you go to church. No, he's talking about life. And as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, if you, you know, and people have, have, you know, will ask me, you know, um, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you okay? Are you got, yeah, I need rest. We're supposed to rest. God just says, you know, get some rest. All right, that's important. But if I'm doing that, you know, and they ask me, hey, man, all this stuff you're doing is wearing you out. You know what I mean? Not if, not if it's how God has gifted you and not if you're, you know, applying this to the strength that he provides. You will never get tired doing what God has strengthened you to do. You know where burnout comes from? It's not, it doesn't come from doing too much. People think that burnout comes from, I'm just doing way too much, I'm getting burnt out. No, you're doing too many of the wrong things. If you work in, in your gifting, in your flow that God has gifted you and how he has created you, I don't think you're gonna get very burnt out. You will need rest, but I don't think you'll get burned out. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And, 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 you know, and we constantly see this thing of, of glorify, glorify, glorify. Well, you know, God, what's the deal with this glorify? How do we glorify God? Literally, what it, what it, you know, what it means is to magnify God. But, but when you say that, we can get in trouble because you can magnify in two different ways, right? You can magnify through a microscope or, or, or you can magnify something that is really large but far away through a telescope, amen, right? Amen, that's an amen, right? <laughs> right? So, so, so we have to be careful because we don't need a magnifying glass, all right, to see Jesus. We don't need a magnifying glass to see God, but some people think they do because they're trying to make a, a small thing really big to everybody, and that's not the case. The case is we, as believers in Christ, man, we want to make this really big thing, this really big person, all right, visible, all right, to the people around us. That's glorifying God. We are the telescopes for the world. Amen? amen. That's an amen. And we're like, okay, whoa, 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 you know, how, how do I? Too many, too many times we look at that and we go, well, you know, I don't really know enough. I'm not really, you know, versed. And, uh, and I, I don't know how to have an argument with somebody about the word. I'll tell you this. I told you before, I'll tell you again. You'll, ne you'll never argue somebody into heaven. So just drop that. And if somebody starts arguing about God, I'm like, okay, have fun with that. There's a mirror over there. Just talk to that guy. Because I don't got time to argue. All right? Uh, you know, if I'm living every day like it's my last day to love, uh, then uh, argument is not going to be the way to do it. So they're like, well, people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, okay. I, there's a really easy, easy way to glorify God. All right, and you're gonna trip out because God has His own evangelism plan, His own way of sharing. You know how he, so how how the world can know He's God. How is that gonna happen? Jesus actually made it clear one night when He was praying right before He was um, 
crucified, the night before he was crucified. He's praying with the boys and he's praying over the boys. And, he, and then he actually says this verse that blows me away. And it really caught my attention about 25 years ago. It freaked me out. He says, I'm not only praying for, for these guys, these 12 disciples, but I'm praying for everyone who would believe in me through their word. Like what we're doing right now. Peter was one of those guys. This is the word that Peter shared, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we're believing through that word. So Jesus, 2,000 years ago, prayed for all of us. And he says, I'm praying for them. And look what he says. He prays this prayer. He says, he says that, that in verse 17, chapter, John chapter 17, verse 21, he says that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us. So that, check out this huge so that, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I, I don't know how to talk, man. I don't know how to share the God. I can't go around the road. I can't do it. But can you love the church? All right? Can you keep loving earnestly? Can you show hospitality? All right? Can you serve one another in love for the glory of God? Can we become one together in one another in Jesus who is in the Father, who is in us, and can we all become one? That is God's evangelism plan. That is the way he reaches the world. It's not through all of us, oh, I got this real cool way to share Jesus. It's real fun. You're going to need a little card to read off of every time you're trying. To... No, no, no. He says, if you would love one another, you're going to freak people out. <laughs> Tell me it's not. Our oneness is our witness to the world. Amen? Amen? And if you're wondering why the world doesn't take it seriously, maybe it's because the church isn't. Oh, we're called as believers to be believable. Amen? <laughs> right? We are called as believers to be believable. Is your love for one another believable? Is your philoxenos, your hospitality, believable? Is your serving one another believable? A lot of times people serve just as like, hey, look at me, I'm a good servant. Is it believable? What are we going to do about this? I want, to, I want to ask you a question. I got three things I want you to do. Before this, I want to ask you a question. Who to you in the church is the other? Who to you in the church, in the body of Christ, in our, let's just go with our church right here. Who to you right now is the other? Is the stranger? Is the foreigner? is the unfamiliar. I want you to think about that. That's a, that's a question I want you to take with you this week and I want you to try three things. And I don't want you to just try them this week, man. I, I want you to try this on a reoccurring basis because this is going to be our witness our oneness as we gather together, as we keep loving one another, as we keep showing hospitality, as we continue to serve one another, all for the glory of God so that we can be the telescope that magnifies this mighty God. So who do you as the other? The stranger, the foreigner, or the unfamiliar in the church. Identify a person or two. And then I want to challenge you to three things. I want to challenge you to sit 
all right? I want to challenge you to, to listen. And I want to challenge you to serve. When you identify this person, I want to challenge you to sit with this person, all right? Set up a time where you can sit down, where you can slow the world down for just a minute. Not a phone call, not a text, not a, hey, how are you? But hey, man, you know what? Why don't we grab some coffee? Why don't we, why don't we grab some food? Sitting, man, I don't want you. Sitting builds relationships because it doesn't look like anybody's in a rush to get out of there. Let's sit down. It builds relationships. Sitting initiates conversations. You need to sit with people. And then I want you to listen with them or listen to them. Don't do all the talking, man. Remember, you're trying to develop oneness, not trying to just make sure you can argue them into the way of the kingdom. No, listen to them. Don't talk, but listen to them. Listen to their struggles. Listen to their plans. Listen to their life. Listen for their life. Ask questions as you're listening. I love to ask questions. Ask them questions. Sit and then listen. And then serve. If you sit down with people long enough, if you listen to people long enough, they're going to tell you how to love them. They'll tell you how to love them. And then you'll know how to serve them. Amen. time for you to go give some life away, right? Amen. It's time for you to connect your stories, some other stories, because there's a bigger story. Amen. Praise the Lord.